<laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Media Gel podcast. I'm going to give everyone a few moments here to, to log on. I <clears throat> hope everyone had a wonderful new year. And, you know, just to familiarize everyone with the Zoom interface, if you'd like to ask questions, there's a, a chat functionality in the bottom. Uh, Q, it says Q&A, and that's where you can ask questions that we'll, we'll ask during the, the live session here. <clears throat> I hope everyone had a wonderful new year. And, um, you know, if you'd like, please, please add your, you know, where you're logging in from what city and which state or country. So Guillermo, you'll be posting this on your YouTube as well, right? Yeah, this is everywhere online. This is on um, LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook. It's all live streaming right now. Well, I didn't know you could do that through Zoom. I thought you had to do like... It's not through Zoom, yeah. It's through oh, a third party. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. That makes sense because yeah. I was like, I've never heard of that. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah, because then you can reach all your, your audience on like different platforms at the same time. Exactly, exactly. All right, well, let's kick it off, everybody. Uh, my name is Guillermo Bravo. I am the Chief Evangelist here at MediGel. We are a, uh, a company that focuses on connecting cannabis, CBD, and alcohol businesses to compliant can consumer audiences. Uh, and this is through uh, devices, media channels at every stage of the customer buying journey. And today we have Eamon from Blunt Creative Bank, a creative agency focused on cannabis brands throughout North America, including Canada, United States, and beyond. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Guillermo. I'm super, super excited. And thank you to all the attendees for watching. I hope that uh, my questions help provide some clarity on your cannabis digital marketing strategy for 2022 and going forward. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. And let's see if you want to kick it off. You want to give us a little background on, uh, you know, your, your, your expertise in your company? Yeah, for sure. For sure. So my background is actually graphic design. And I started doing that about four or five years ago as a freelancer. Um, and then I transitioned into generic social media marketing uh, last year. And I was doing social media marketing for different types of brands across Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, a little bit of TikTok as well. Um, and it wasn't until I got my first cannabis client that I realized the potential to focus on cannabis exclusively. And that's when I decided to rebrand and shift my focus um, to Blood Creative Inc. And that's when that was created. And so now our, our primary focus is social media marketing, um, but we also do other types of digital marketing like web, web design, uh, SEO, email marketing, um, content writing, photography, video, et cetera. And so, um, yeah, right. Currently I work with a couple of, uh, Canadian companies, a couple of American companies, hoping to expand to the American market a little bit more this year as well. Well, thank you for that. And, you know, I, I know that you are passionate about, passionate about reducing the stigma around cannabis, uh, as that's one of your personal missions, you know, how do you explain to cannabis businesses that brand and marketing are vital part of reducing that stigma? So I tend to kind of ask them the question, what kind of brands do you use or, or what kind of brands do you like? Where do you drink your coffee? Where do you buy your athletic clothing? Um, and so from those answers, usually they'll say something like Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or Nike or Adidas. And then they start to understand that they focus on these brands or they like these brands because of the mental and emotional connection that they have to the brand. They know what the logo looks like. They know the quality is going to be consistent. The taste is going to be consistent. The service is going to be consistent. And so that is where it starts to help them understand branding and marketing. And we want that for cannabis dispensaries as well. I, I know that everyone says, you know, location is the most important thing. Convenience is the most important thing, which is true. 
but you know at the same time if when someone has an emotional connection to a brand they will go out of their way to come to your location specifically um versus going to you know the one that's just up the street or you know the one where they don't really care about you they don't say hi they just give you what you want and you get out so that's where that starts um and then in terms of marketing you have to ask what have they tried before in the past? Um, several of cannabis dispensaries, or sorry, several cannabis companies in general are very discouraged with their marketing efforts, um, either because they didn't stick to it long enough, or maybe the budget just wasn't high enough, or they worked with someone who didn't really know what they were doing. Um, but when you ask those questions and you pull together the information, that's how you start to put together the pieces or what their brand and marketing strategy is going to look like. Yeah, and in the end, uh, you know, as a brand, it's it's really your promise that you make to a consumer, right? Like you said, the consistency, uh, you know, that trust that a customer has in your product or your service or your cu customer service and, and the experience that they have when they actually visit the store or interact and engage with your brand. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And you want it to be as consistent as possible, because if it's not, if they have a bad experience, let's say they're going to go on Google and they're going to leave you a bad review and or they're going to go post it on their Instagram story. And it's, once that's out there, it's really, really hard to control who sees it and it's really hard to get rid of it. And so when you have an understanding of what you're providing and how to provide it in a consistent manner, then you avoid those types of negative interactions or negative experiences as well. Yeah, and then really focusing on you know, uh, providing the best customer experience so you avoid that. And then when you do have those instances, be sure that you reply to those in a, in a professional manner and, and really trying to turn that message around uh, because a negative review can really have an impact on your business. Uh, and, it's, and it really is to your advantage to, to approach them directly and, and try to remedy that situation uh, and then learn from it. Right. So learn from it, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, education within the store or if it's uh, something that wasn't your fault, you know, like it was a it was the fault of the producer or processor in that retailer. Like you still have to take ownership for it and um, and fix this situation. But, you know, definitely bring that up to your to your distributor or to the brand that you're working with. You're on your own point with that. And then as far as the uh, you know, foundational elements that the brand should you know, have in place you know, before they even start a marketing campaign you know, with a company like Blunt, uh, you know, what would those foundational elements be? So a lot of people tend to think that a brand is logo and colors and fonts and images, yeah. which is true. That's the visual aspect of the brand, um, but it's not the most important thing about the brand. And so... Going back to your first question, the foundation starts with what are you offering and to who? Um, once you know that, then you start to dive a little bit deeper and figure out how you're going to provide the service and make it a little bit or product and make it a little bit different than your competition or better than your competition. So you really got to dig deep. You don't, you know, you don't just create a logo and you pick a few colors that you like and you open a cannabis shop. It's a lot more than that. Um, and so some of the successful ones that I've seen have a brand story that's rooted in culture, whether that's pop culture, hip hop culture, uh, cannabis culture, whatever, or even their ethnicity. Like if they come from a different background, for example, Mexican culture or um, Asian culture, I don't know, whatever it is and whatever really like has an impact on you and you feel like you can deliver that to the customer when they walk in through the door, that should be the foundation of your brand. Um, the confidence has a lot to do with it as well. If you're not confident with what your brand is offering, then your customers are not gonna shop from you because they're not gonna be confident in what you're offering them either. Um, so when you have that understanding, that foundation, that this is what I'm offering, this is who I'm offering it to, this is what makes me different, and then you apply that visual identity to it to stand out, your confidence grows in your brand and you tend to attract the right type of target audience as well. Not sure if you froze there. Did I freeze? Uh-oh. Oh, 
Okay. Well, um, I'm the host now. So does anyone have any questions? <laughs> I don't know what happened to, to Guillermo there. You do know. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry about that on my side. That's okay. That's okay. Did you did you hear me? Yeah, I just lost you there for a second. <laughs> was that was that me? I don't know. My internet was was connected the whole time, but it's all good. I guess we'll we'll just carry on. Someone did ask a question because when you uh, when you disconnected, I was like, oh, I'm the host now. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, no worries, and we'll uh, we'll we'll save the the questions for the the latter half of the okay. the webinar here. And my apologies for the um, for the delay. Yeah, and then as far as uh, poll on Instagram stories, uh, you know that found that uneducated staff and bud tenders was the biggest turnoff for uh, the dispensary customers who completed your poll. And, you know, that's a fascinating finding. Like, how do you use polls in other market research to, you know, gain these types of insights? And how do you follow up and vet these findings? For sure. So there's, um, personally, the way that I use polls is a little bit different than how I use polls for my clients. So I'll start with how I use them. Um, I just have a lot of questions to be honest. And so what I do is I go on Instagram and I just ask a question. So what, whether it's like, do you, you know, I think one of the questions I asked was, uh, what's the most important factor to you when you, when you go to a cannabis dispensary? And a lot of people said location. Um, and so I was surprised to learn that because I thought it was, you know, uh, customer service or um, like brand or like connection to the people who are there. And so then the follow-up question was, okay, well, what's the, like the biggest turnoff? And I was, and I was asking these questions because I thought about it from my perspective as well. As a customer, what's the biggest turnoff to me? As a customer, which dispensaries do I visit? As a customer, who are the staff that have made a significant impact on me? And nobody likes to walk into a store and feel like they're being ignored or, you know, they're not welcome or, or, someone didn't say hi to them. And so it was surprising, but at the same time, it wasn't because when you work retail, you know that you have to greet the, the customer when they walk in. And so when you don't do that as a customer, you get a little bit surprised. You're like, well, why is no one offering to help me? Why is no one saying hi? And so what we can do with that is take it back to the manager or the dispensary owner and say, hey, your staff need a little bit more training on how to approach the customers when they walk into the door, or they need to have a little bit more training on how to answer their questions, or um, a little bit more training dealing with a certain demographic, uh, whether that's the elderly or you know people who are immigrants from different countries, because everyone has different ways of communicating and different ways of receiving information. Um, and so from my perspective, that's how I use it. From the client's perspective, we use polls to determine certain things about their customers. So for example, what products do they like, do they prefer? And so an easy way to do a poll is, do you prefer joints? Do you prefer um, vapes? Do you prefer edibles? Do you prefer oils? You know, and you put those four options there. And then you leave it for 24 hours and you assess the results after. So what that information can do is tell you, all right, in your next email marketing campaign, put a 20% discount on this product and send that out to all your subscribers. So that's just really, it's free and it's an easy way to do a little bit market, a little bit of market research on your customers. And not everyone who follows you will reply. So that's expected and that's okay. But what you can, the, the data that you get from these polls is actually very valuable. And so those are two ways you can use it. You can use it to gain insight from a customer's perspective and you can also use it to help your clients run sales or promos through email and other marketing channels. And as far as where to place these polls, you know, you can do it on Instagram, but you can also do it in store. You know, you can actually send out a text message and, and have people to respond in that way. So there's a lot of different uh, ways you can gather this data from, from your customers and, and really get a, a, large, uh, a large segment to, to really reference. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And you can have those um, iPads set up in your store, you know, right by the checkout where it says, oh, how was your experience today? Leave us some feedback, drop your email, uh, whatever type of stuff, just to try and get some of that feedback as well. A lot of business owners tend to not look at their Google reviews. They tend to, you know, completely ignore the feedback that customers have when that's one of the most important things to help your business develop and help your business grow. Exactly. Really listen to your customers. And that's key, uh, you know, because no, number one, it's, it's really important to, to retain those customers. It's going to cost you a lot more to get a new customer versus keep an existing customer. Uh, and then number two, like your, uh, your prospects that may, may be thinking about coming into the store, they're going to read those reviews as well. So you need to make sure that uh, you're at least responding to them if they're negative. Um, yeah, and then, you know, really maintaining, like our recommendation is uh, a 4.7 or higher uh, rating on Google. So if you're, if you're below that, then, you know, you really need to evaluate, uh, you know, different, different challenges that are occurring in your, in your retail store. So really pay attention to your customers, listen to them because, you know, they are, they're the reason that, uh, Another reason that uh, you're you are um, in business. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep, you're right. Yeah, and then you a little bit to social media marketing. You know, what are your preferred methods for social media marketing for your clients? And you know, what other methods of marketing do you leverage to to complement a brand social media presence? For sure. So, so definitely, Instagram is the number one app. Um, and there is a question in here, which I will touch on a little bit later, but also on this question, um, in terms of what you can post on Instagram, it's important to do your research and it's important to work with someone who knows cannabis rules and cannabis marketing. Instagram themselves are an American company owned by Facebook, Meta, whatever you want to call it now. Um, so regardless of whether cannabis is legal in Canada, if you're using Instagram, you cannot be promoting the product at all. And so this, the, the best thing to do on social media is to share content that really has nothing to do with cannabis. So positivity, um, you know, health, mental health, uh, struggles people are facing in their lives growing up, things about cannabis that aren't related to your product. You're not saying shop for this. You know, maybe you're sharing cannabis news or you're sharing cannabis history or you're sharing cannabis culture. Facts you know, that people are, would be interested in reading or um, viewing on Instagram is the best way to promote your business. Because if you're just posting pictures of your products and you're saying, come visit us in store, that doesn't really resonate with your followers. And it tells Instagram that you're promoting your product and you're much more likely to get shut down. And a lot of business owners don't want to hear this. They, they think that, you know, the social media is the best way to get the customer in the door. It's not. So, so Instagram's main purpose is to just keep you at the top of the mind of your customer and to have some sort of brand awareness there. Um, so to answer the second half of your question, if you're already doing Instagram marketing and you're not really seeing any results from it, it may be time to look at your email marketing strategy. And so this is where you can take your Instagram followers and you can turn them into email subscribers by putting up a story that says subscribe to our email for special offers and discounts, you know, and you have the link there, it goes to your website, they subscribe. Now you have your Instagram followers in your mailing list. The good thing about that is you don't have to worry about getting flagged or getting deleted with email marketing, because if people don't like your emails, they can unsubscribe. But this is where they know that they're going to get offers for products or events or promos or whatever is happening in your store. And so Instagram is not the place to be promoting. It's just the place to be raising awareness for your brand, get creative with your content, talk to your followers like the real people, and then take them from Instagram, make them email subscribers, and that's where you can sell to them. Um, as well as web development. So a lot of people don't think a website is a marketing tool. It definitely is. If your website is hard to navigate or if it loads slowly, or if there's not the information that they need on there, you know, you might lose a couple of customers that way. And so if you have an email marketing, or sorry, a social media marketing strategy, take a look at your website and your email to see if all three of them are working together. 
Um, and sometimes people have a good website, but their email and their Instagram is lacking, or they have a good mailing list, but their website and their social media is lacking. Um, those are the three primary ones, though, that I would say to really start seeing results. Um, paid ads is definitely something you can do, but a lot of people are still a little bit skeptical about that. And I know you at Media Gel, you guys do programmatic ads as well. So you definitely understand, you know, trying to explain paid ads to people who are in the cannabis industry is definitely like a, whoa, I thought we weren't allowed to do that. Um, yeah. But if you're working on those three things and you're still not seeing enough results, that's where you can dedicate a budget to paid ads and then start running paid ads and hit your target audience that way. Yeah, and you know, social media marketing is it is an important component of a, a cannabis brand's marketing strategy. Um, but it shouldn't you shouldn't put all your um, all your all your weight and everything on that platform because in the end you don't own it. And you know, social media mar social media marketing is top funnel, so it's brand awareness. Um, like you said, it's you know lifestyle pictures. You're not promoting the sale or use of a prohibited drug as per the uh, terms of service in, in Meta. So you, you can't promote the sale or use of cannabis. And, and if you do, you know, you can be flagged and, and your account can be shut down and you'll lose all the investment that you made in that social media channel. So keep that in mind as a like top funnel, get people to know your brand, become aware of your brand and then convert them into a customer through email marketing uh, or SMS marketing is another tactic that I use. And you know, I, I really wanna emphasize that compliance is, is a big factor in this as well. Mm -hmm. So make sure that you're sending people from social media, whether it's a story or a link, uh, send them to a landing page that requires them to opt into your marketing messages because that is a key component uh, in being compliant with SMS marketing especially. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, you know, the, the website, you know, the website is your home. It's your foundation. It's where all of your marketing. Uh, you know, that's where all the conversions will take place. That's where you will capture customers and, you know, it will, it will, Guillermo, you're cutting out again a little bit. If he cuts out, I might just... Uh... That's, that's me, sorry. No, it's all good. I, I just didn't hear that last part. Sorry, technical issues over here. That's okay. Um, but like I was saying, the, uh, the website is your... That's your foundation. That is where you, you know, all that's your main asset, you know, and it, even if you are, um, you're investing in SEO and, and all these other uh, tactics, it's, it's really the asset that you own uh, that can be, not be taken away from you like a social media profile. And, and you did mention um, paid ads and, you know, that's, I'll, I'll break down kind of a, a little bit of the differences between these and how they relate to social media as well. Uh, you know, programmatic advertising is similar to social media because it is top funnel. It is creating awareness of right. your brand with consumers. Uh, and it's, it's a digital billboard. It's the same, same as, um, you know, you driving down the street and you seeing a billboard there in Los Angeles and, um, you know, for absolute extracts and, you know, you'll see that same ad on your phone digitally through programmatic advertising. And that's really just to create awareness. Sure. Once people know your brand, they're going to search for you online. Mm -hmm. That's where the paid ads for paid Google ads, which is SEM, search engine marketing, or organic search, which is SEO. So, um, you know, you, you really need to, to focus on an integrated marketing strategy so that you can complement social media, you can complement the programmatic ads and get people to convert. Uh, because the, when people are searching for it, they, that's intention to buy. Right, right. And you need to remove any distractions. And I typically, um, I follow the same uh, best practices that Google or, or Facebook or any of these uh, big tech companies do. And that's less is more. 
you don't need a lot of distractions on the landing page. You right. need clear call to actions mm -hmm. and you need to guide people in that direction and make it as easy as possible. So if someone is, uh, you know, under the influence of cannabis, they can easily go on their phone, they can figure that out and they can make another purchase to re up on their order because they, they're running out of flour. Right. Uh, so it's, you know, just make it as easy as possible because you have to remember the, the demographics that you are, you're serving. You could be serving a 21 year old, um, you know, a cannabis culture user, or you can be serving the baby boomer that is, you know, 65 years old and maybe doesn't use a phone that often. And, you know, they, they really need to make, you really need to make it accessible for everyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. That goes across the board, I guess, for every marketing channel too on Instagram as well. You don't want to be overloading your followers with information or, you know, making them jump through hoops just to find out where you're located. You want all your information in one place on that profile you know, within highlights or whatever too, so that, you know, even if they're high or they're stoned or, or they're like, oh, okay, this is where I find the information. I get it. So no, you're on point with that. Yeah. And then, you know, as far as trends, like what surprising marketing trends are you currently working on, you know, to capitalize on? Um, so this is a bit of a new one, I would say, but packaging is okay. definitely, you know, up there. Um, uh, there's still a lot of restrictions around your packaging and what it can look like and childproof and labeling and all of that. Um, but I do think that 2022 is going to be the year where we start to see more creative packaging within compliance, within the guidelines and, and you know, compliant packaging. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, that's what's going to attract customers when they're in store. Um, and so I know that not all dispensaries have their products out on the shelves. And I know that in Ontario, they're not even supposed to be on the shelves. Um, they're supposed to be in the back room and then, you know, the, the butt tender will go and get it for you. But what you can do with packaging is, if it looks really cool, do a photo shoot and then you post those pictures on Instagram. Um, so packaging is something a lot of people overlook, but it's one of the main reasons why we buy something. Think about when you're in a grocery store. Do you buy the no-name brand or do you buy the nice brand? You know, the one that's a couple dollars more expensive, but because the packaging is nice and the labeling is clear, it may be the exact same product, but you're, you're, most people are going to choose the better one, the branded one, the more appealing one over the no-name or, you know, just the, the plain and simple one. So that's one. Um, another one definitely I would say is live video so exactly what we're doing here but on social media uh linkedin instagram tiktok maybe i know there's a comment in here about tiktok as well i'll get to uh, in the second half of the interview but um but yeah video is not going away anytime soon you know virtual reality is here to stay it's not uh, instagram is probably going to start adopting some sort of virtual reality into their platform at some point uh so if you're not doing video you know, it's your marketing strategies. It's probably a little bit outdated. Uh, so those are the two that I would say are going to continue to trend towards 2022. Um, and then we'll see what, what, what 2023 and the future brings as well. Yeah. And, you know, those, you know, just to, to touch on a little bit more of those two points, uh, as far as the branding, you know, it is the brand's responsibility to create that content and get that content out there and make sure that customers are aware in their region that, you know, this, this product, uh, you know, the values behind the product, the, the history behind the product, um, and, you know, direct people to whether it's their store finder. If you're, if you have a brand, you can go to store uh, their website, go to the store finder and see where it's available in your area. Right. So it's really the responsibility of the brands to really push that message. And you can do partnerships with retailers to, um, to really uh, showcase your brand. And we've done this in uh, California nice. uh, with Canacraft and the Absolute Extracts brand, where we partner up with retailers in a region, let's say San Francisco, and we partner with 10 retailers in that region that sell our product. And we run programmatic ads within a one to five mile radius of okay. those retail stores. And we send uh, those ads directly to the uh, you know, uh, 
the retailer's website. Okay. And okay. they can make a purchase on their website. They can go through the whole checkout process. And then, you know, as far as the, the retailer and the brand, like you can either like split the cost of those ads, um, you know, and, and really push that message or just, you know, really build on a partnership with, you know, between the two companies and, and really showcase that brand within the store. And, you know, if a, if a brand is really taking the initiative to help with the marketing and help with the retail sales, the retailer is going to notice and they're going to prioritize your brand and probably give you priority product placement within the store. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're so right. And that's, so if you don't have the budget for programmatic advertising as a brand, you can always do store, like you can always do like in-store advertising. A lot of dispensaries have like TV screens up behind the checkout counter, or they have uh, like those pop-up displays. And so that's where you can send your uh, sales managers or your, your territory sales managers to those stores to talk about, Hey, how can we get this iPad specifically for us or this this section of your shelves specifically for us. Um, and so developing those partnerships between brands and dispensaries is definitely one of those marketing trends that's uh, sure to continue this year and onwards. Yeah, and then as far as the video, we do have a, a partner of ours, The Higher Path. They do a great job of this, of doing strain reviews and nice. uh, they do little comedy shows. They do... Uh, uh, product reviews, they they really engage with the consumers and, and try to be inclusive. And, uh, you know, they do live videos like we're doing here and, and get people's feedback. And it's been incredibly uh, you know, valuable for them and and really uh, building a community. And they're in, you know, Sherman Oaks is where they're located in California. So just building a local community there. That's amazing. And everyone's kind of scared to go on live. I get it. You get anxiety. You, you're camera shy. You don't know if what you're going to say is going to come out the right way. Um, but again, that's where having that confidence from understanding your brand comes from. If you don't understand your brand and you don't really know why you're going live or who you're going to talk to or what you're going to say, um, then video is probably going to be very hard for you to do. And so you don't have to jump into video today, but you know, within the, the next couple of months, I would say, integrate a video strategy into your marketing plan as well. Yeah. And you can always start with pod audio podcasts, right? So if you do feel comfortable on that, you know, you can, there's, there's other social media platforms that you can leverage that really show you showcase your, your message uh, through audio yeah. Uh, and yeah, just really, really know what tools you have available. And then as far as, you know, marketing, like how, how else are you using marketing to circumvent the biggest, you know, growth challenges that, are facing the cannabis industry today? So definitely the biggest growth challenge is obviously the restrictions. You can't yeah. promote the product. You can't promote the benefit of the product. You, you know, you can't promote, to, obviously you can't promote to underage. And so you have to really be careful about where your content is going and who's going to see it. Um, so that's all a challenge. On top of that, staying consistent with your message, staying consistent with your graphics, staying consistent, you know, with your service, it all ties into your marketing strategy. Um, but I do think that there's ways you can work around the restrictions and be compliant still. And so one of the ways we just discussed is sharing educational stuff. If you wanna go on, on live and you wanna do a Q&A session and talk to your customers that way, you know, you're not really going to get flagged for that because Instagram's not sitting there listening to every single thing you're saying on live. You might have someone who's competition who comes on your live and then, you know, maybe they want to report your page or just be a little bit petty. That's stuff you can't control. Um, and I know that a lot of dispensaries actually have had that experience where their competitors report their pages and get them taken down, which is unfortunate. Um, but those, that's one of the ways that you can, you can be compliant, get on, get on social media, see what other people are doing, see, that, see what other people are saying. Um, events is, you know, not possible in every single location right now, just because of the current pandemic that we're still going through. Um, but hopefully when those restrictions ease up on social distancing and masks and all that, you can throw events. Um, consumption lounges are something people have been talking about. I'm not sure when exactly we'll start to see them. And I'm not saying, you know, jump into that, but keep your eye on the future. Other than digital marketing, other than Instagram, other than email, other than websites, what you really want is you want to bring your community together. So if there's a live event you can do or an in-person event you can do, that's a marketing strategy that you can 
tap into and, and try out. And it may not be perfect right off the bat. You may have 10 attendees, you may have two, but what that, those people will do is go tell everyone about their experience. And so the next time you throw an event, all those people and their friends are gonna come. Uh, so that's really where it starts. You don't have to do everything at once, but if, you're, if you've tried several marketing things and it's not working, think ahead, think about what can happen in the next you know, three, four months, 420 is coming up. What 420 events can you throw? What 420 uh, you know, promos can you run? What can you do that's different on 420 than everyone else? Um, and then that's where your marketing will really start to make an impact. You'll see that you know, the more creative you get with your strategy, the more obviously uh, rewards you get as well. Thank you for sharing that. And especially like in regards to social media, how can cannabis brands best leverage social media to grow their awareness without getting flagged? Yeah, that's the million dollar question here. Of course, of course that is without getting flagged. Um, focus on issues that people are talking about right now. I'll tell you one thing, every time I go on LinkedIn or I go on Instagram and I share regular marketing tips, I get very, very little response. Every time I go on Instagram and I talk about something that's happening right now, like how Pfizer just bought, you know, some next uh, pharmaceutical company for $6 billion, I got, you know, a lot of comments and a lot of interaction on that post. So if you don't, if you're sitting there and you're like, okay, well, what do I post? I can't promote my product. I can't talk about my story. I can't talk about my location. What can I talk about? What's happening right now where you are? You know, I'm sure there's some, something that's newsworthy that you can share either on your story or as a post on your Instagram profile or on your LinkedIn profile and, uh, and tap it and, and get your, your audience's attention that way. Um, and so if you have no ideas, go online and look at what's trending. What are, what videos are people making? Is there a meme going around? Um, is there some sort of news that just happened? Uh, is there an election? Is there a merger? It, you know, there's a lot going on that we don't really pay attention to because it's, it's obviously just too time consuming and all of us have our own busy schedules. Um, but for content creation, that's what you want. You want something that's relevant, that's happening right now that you know your audience is going to be impacted by. Um, so we may not all be impacted by Pfizer acquiring a $6 billion pharmaceutical company, but overall it's important information because now Big Pharma is a part of cannabis. And so what does that mean for the future of cannabis? And what does that mean for legalization, legalization of cannabis across the United States? Um, so yeah, yeah, relevant information, relevant news, relevant topics, things that are happening to your audience or where you're living right now, makes great social media content. Most of the time, you're not gonna get flagged for it unless it's controversial, which, you know, as a business owner, you shouldn't be posting any controversial opinions on your page in the first place. Um, but yeah, so relevant, timely, whatever's happening in your, in your local vicinity. Wonderful, and how do you actually create a brand strategy and tone online that you can leverage for social media? Uh, a brand strategy in tune with Sorry, your social media strategy? Uh, and tone. In tone. You know, like it, creating that, that brand strategy that you can follow, that you can leverage on social media and then everywhere else, you know, digitally. For sure. Um, so what causes are you supporting is one way that you can think about it. So a lot of the most impactful brands have a cause other than the product or service? Uh, are you donating to someone else? Are you standing up for social just, justice? Are you trying to give people medical cards? Um, whatever it is that you are providing other than the exact product that people can walk into your store and buy, that's, and it's part of your brand, uh, that's a great way to leverage that and post it on social media. So for example, um, there's this company that I had just interviewed and, you know, these two girls created a sparkling water brand. Uh, it's not even cannabis related, not alcohol related, but they incorporated giving back to the community with every sale before they even launched the brand. And so that now is a core part of their brand. They support, um, I believe it was animals, like a shelter for animals that were about to be put down and, um, something else about women being homeless. I'm not exactly sure what they were supporting, but it was like, oh, three cents from every purchase is going to go towards these two organizations. So when you have something like that from your brand tying you to your community, it makes really good social media content. And so now what you can do is you can throw an event with these people that you collaborate with and post that on social media, or you can encourage your followers 
to give back to the community by you know supporting you you support they support you you support the charity um that's one way i would say that you can incorporate that brand strategy to share on social media and then also show the people who work for your company we want to see people's faces we want to see who's behind the brand we want to see who's behind the organization once you get to that multi-million dollar you know, uh, MSO, then it's a little bit harder to do that because there's just too many people in the company. But if you're local and you just started, post your face, show, you know, tell your story, tell your brand story. Why, why am I in cannabis? Why are you in cannabis? Why did you start this dispensary? Who are you trying to help? That all makes really, really good social media content. And again, I know some people are scared and anxious to put themselves out there because fear of judgment or, you know, they're camera shy or whatever. But that's what makes the most impact with your followers. Um, so if you've tried everything else and you're not getting any results, post your face, uh, tell your story, tell tell people why you're in this industry, um, tell people why you started this dispensary, and then uh, you'll you'll start to connect with your audience a little bit more that way. Yeah, and you know people can relate to authenticity, right? They want to see the face behind the company. Absolutely. You know, there's there's a difference between. Uh, you know, let's say in the big tech companies, like you can see uh, the difference between a, let's say a Zuckerberg versus a Elon Musk and like how they approach this differently and how they own their image uh, versus where some, you know, some of it's more of just like uh, <laughs> trying to, um, yeah, and as far as Zuckerberg and Meta, you know, it's, it's trying to uh, kind of bury a lot of the things that are going on in the media because they're, they're just so front and center. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's no, you're right. It can be used both ways, I guess, positively and negatively, but yeah. Yeah, and since it's uh, relevant here, Ryan Cook did have a question on, uh, you know, any updates on social content? Are we seeing any loosening of rules relating to offerings, discounts, pricing? Without these, what types of content do you feel can lead to conversion? And then also thoughts on TikTok overtaking Google. Should we be there? Definitely. I, I was so excited to touch on that TikTok question, but I'll get uh, I'll get <laughs> this one first. Um, as of right now, there isn't any loosening of you know rules on what you can post on Instagram. The reason why is because it's still federally illegal in the U.S. and Instagram is based in the U.S. If that ends up happening in 2022, we may see changes on Instagram where you can post the product or you can shop directly from Instagram. But before that happens, there needs to be, I guess, some sort of age gate or age verification um, on your profile before you can start to offer that. And so that's a little bit farther out. I don't think it's going to happen this year, maybe next, maybe in the next couple of years. Um, so if you're not offering discounts, pricing, etc., what you can do again is talk about relevant timely events. Um, put yourself in your customer's shoes. Let's say your demographic is in their mid thirties, talk about health issues or things that could be going on when you're in your thirties. For example, a lot of us have been working from home and have really bad uh, posture and bad back pain from, you know, hunching over at our desks all day. That's not really relevant to cannabis at all. But what you can do now is you can take that information. You could talk about pain that happens from bad posture, from sitting, you know, at a, at an uncomfortable anger or sorry angle and what you can do then is post that on instagram and your demographic is going to relate to that they're not going to be like why is the cannabis brand talking about you know bad posture or whatever because they're going to put two and two together they're going to know that cbd oil is something that can help with with chronic pain and so you post you post that out there you put educational content out there and then at the bottom of your caption you can say visit our website to learn a little bit more about how products may be able to help alleviate your pain. And so anyone who reads through your full caption and gets to that, to that last line is going to understand that this post is about an issue that people in their mid thirties face, and you have the solution in your store or on your website. You're not going to explicitly say CBD oil helps with da da da, because again, that's making health claims and you can get taken down for that. But what you can do is you can imply it in different ways by focusing on issues that people within your demographic have. Um, another one that's been heavy on a lot of people's minds is lockdown. And so lockdown, I know you're not locked down right now. We are over here in Canada again. So unfortunately, there's been a you know a lot of a lot of anger surrounding that topic, a lot of people frustrated. Um, but what you can do is you can make memes out of it. 
And so now you just get to, you know, poke fun at a situation that a lot of people are actually upset at by posting, you know, oh, I'm going to be smoking and chilling on the couch during lockdown or something. And you make a meme of that and you put it on your Instagram page. It doesn't have to be, you know, the funniest meme ever. But what you do with content like that is you let your your followers know that we know what's going on in your life too. And we want to, you know, get a laugh out of you. And so we're going to put this little meme up and we're going to, you know, try and get a chuckle or whatever. Um, But those are some ways that you can post things on social media that don't have to do with discounts, pricing, products, um, shopping, et cetera. Um, Yeah. And then just, just adding on to that, you know, it's the lifestyle pictures has really been the, and and content has really been the home run for a lot of our partners. Uh, And I haven't seen anyone do this yet, but I'll, I'll throw this idea out there is have a, an ambassador, someone be the face of your company and basically just show, showcase their life, mm-hmm. their lifestyle. They're going on a hike. They're going on a surf, you know, going surfing. They're uh, doing yoga. They're going for a walk. Uh, they're going to an art gallery. They're going to all these different things that can be enhanced maybe with cannabis, you know, if they, if they enjoy it, right. You know, spending time on the beach. Uh, there's so many different things that you can do and, in, in different ways that people enjoy cannabis on the lifestyle front that you can you can leverage and and people love that and it's it's active and um and they can relate because you know a lot of people are doing the same thing and then you know if you're a, a more medically focused brand you know you can talk more about like as you suggested you know the the back pain you know they they say that uh sitting is the cigarettes of our generation really it's the, <laughs> So it's, you really have to, to be aware of your posture. And I was trying to fix mine when we were talking. <laughs> uh, everybody probably uh, sat up a little bit when I started talking about that. <laughs> yeah. And it's, um, you know, and it's all related. And uh, I was actually um, watching a documentary yesterday and they were talking about uh, how sitting in back pain is one of the high, the top reasons that people go to uh, take take uh, traditional pharmaceutical, you know, pain pills is because of back pain. Uh, And that's really the source of uh, a a major source of a lot of our problems is that we sit so much when we're not really, we're not made for that. We're supposed to be moving. Uh, And it's just, it's just a big transition right now, uh, moving to uh, a more, uh, uh, you know, just, just sitting down for long periods of time. So You're so right. I also wanted to throw one last thing in there as well. Um, There's this uh, dispensary, I believe, in California called Tree Factory. And they Mm -hmm. just posted a reel a couple days ago that really stuck out to me. And it was on the different types of consumption. So they had a girl there and she was just mimicking like the gestures of how you consume cannabis. So I think for a joint, she went like this. And then for a bong, she was like, that and I don't remember what the others were but I watched that and as a marketer you're not breaking any rules because there's no product in there you're appealing to your target audience because it's a little bit funny and you're creating trust because there's a real person there who's you know showing the gestures of how you you consume cannabis so it takes a little bit of time to really think of those creative ideas but what helps is if you have a young person on your team um or someone who's, you know, the person who started the company too, let's say if they want to, uh, book out a studio for a day, shoot a bunch of content, and then now you have this big bank of videos that you can slowly go through on Instagram and um, and connect with your audience that way. Yeah, then as far as staying compliant as well, I, we haven't touched on this yet, but, you know, if, if you are the brand and you really want to get your message out there, you don't have to actually do that on your profile only you can work with influencers and they can smoke and consume and post your product all they want Absolutely. and mention you in it and therefore you know and, and that way you're not you're not put at risk yeah. Yeah. when posting on those accounts and it, you're putting that on them uh and you know it does take a lot of work to really to put together a, a group of influencers and, and actually execute upon a campaign. But that's another way for you to get your message out there and really choosing some strategic partners. And I know there is, there is some uh, social media market agencies that own profiles that you can pay to syndicate your content. And that could be through a, a swipe up or a post or even a Snapchat, Snapchat story as well. 
Um, there's, there's, there's a lot of different ways that you can leverage um, social media outside of your own assets too. Yeah. Influencers is definitely a good one. I did want to touch on this TikTok question real yep. quick as well. Um, so one thing about TikTok that I will say is it's mostly a young audience. And most of the videos that go up on TikTok are like dancing videos. So yeah. you as a cannabis brand have a place on TikTok if you are willing to comply with the trends. We don't want to go on TikTok and post educational content about cannabis because that's not what TikTok is about. It's about trends. Uh, and so, for example, what I mean by a trend is um, something will happen and then everyone will turn it into a meme and they'll create their own version of that video. Uh, so what we saw a lot of was like the... Um, what was it called? Drake uh, nonstop video where like people were like, oh, I just flipped the switch and then they would like flip the switch on the video and then something would happen, whatever. So you look at the trends, you spend some time on TikTok, you go through the videos, when you start to see a couple of repetitive videos, you, you know that this is now a trend. So what you do is put yourself in the place of a customer. If I was someone who was consuming cannabis and I came across a cannabis company's TikTok video, what would I want to see? So that helps you create a trend sorry, create the same video that fits this trend without really promoting your product or anything like that. And so there's this one guy that I actually follow on TikTok. I think he works in a dispensary. I don't know if he owns it. Um, but what he does is he makes uh, TikToks with no audio of like customer interactions. And so it'll just be like, it'll just be like people coming in and asking for like ridiculous stuff. And of course the comment section is people going like, oh my God, I can't believe people are so crazy and this and that. But it's just another way for him to build his personal brand to show that, you know, he consumes, he works at a dispensary and these are just some of the funny things that happen in his day uh so that's you know the, the the thing about tiktok that i wanted to say don't go on there with a strategy to educate people and you know talk about your product that's not what it's about if you have someone on your team who knows how to dance get them to make tiktok videos you don't have to post dancing videos but you do have to post trending videos and so the only way to find out what's trending is to spend some time on tiktok watch the videos and then brainstorm content ideas for your brand that fits within those guidelines without saying cannabis weed you also have to be careful with how you spell it so a lot of people what they do is they go the number zero uid here i'll put it in the chat uid and so it's supposed to be like weed but it's not W-E-E-D. Um, so you have to get creative with how you spell it and how you say like, hi, I believe sometimes they go like, hi, like this, you know, H exclamation mark G-H because TikTok flags it. So if you post cannabis, if you post weed, if you post, you know, I'm high or whatever, they'll take down your video. Sometimes they'll take down your account or they'll just like suspend you for a couple of days. Um, but this is the way that I've seen people getting around those types of restrictions on TikTok. It's a promising platform, but it is a younger demographic, so you just have to be a little bit more careful. Yeah, then in, in regard, we've been talking a lot about uh, you know reaching consumers. Uh, what about reaching other businesses? So, I mean, I I personally use LinkedIn, you know, religiously, as that's I find it I find it to be the most effective way to to reach. Uh, you know, my audience, which would be you know, different uh, CMOs or, or dispensary owners or brand marketers, that type of thing. Like what platforms do you use? Definitely LinkedIn. Definitely LinkedIn is a gold mine. I have been posting on LinkedIn for a little over a year now. Um, and I want to say first eight months, I got nothing from LinkedIn. It was just, you know, I was just sharing stuff. Nobody was really responding but I never stopped. And then eventually I found my voice. I found, you know, what captures people's attention. I learned how to create that hook um, in your post at the very beginning that makes people click read more. And, you know, the connections just started flooding in that way. So that's one way, but also events. Go to the industry events, go to the trade shows, put yourself out there, connect with the people who are hosting the event so that in the future, if you want a booth, um, you know, at least you have that personal connection with the, with the people who hosted the events and talk to people, give out your business card. You know, people want to give out theirs to you as well. Actually follow up with them once you get home from the event. And of course, there's always going to be after parties. You know, you don't have to completely let loose, but if your personality is easygoing and that's the kind of person you are, go to the parties, 
be you, connect with these people on a personal level because everyone's in this because they love it. They want to, you know, they want to grow the industry. They want to connect with the community. So there's no reason to be, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to interact with anyone else. People have to come to me. Like that's not the attitude about it at all. So, so LinkedIn and in-person networking events uh, are the best ways to reach business owners. You can always run Google ads, paid ads uh, and stuff like that. But I feel like business owners in order to work with you need to know you or need to see you. Uh, so if you're not reaching them in person or online, you have a little bit of a, I don't want to say less, but it's just a little bit harder to get in touch with those people. Yeah. Yeah. And then as far as LinkedIn, you know, it's, you really need to spend a lot of time creating content and, and uh, making sure it's relevant to your audience. Um, Getting that out there, maybe have a, a, a regular, um, kind of posting schedule, whether it's like every Wednesday you post at 9 a.m. just to make it consistent so your followers know. And then another thing is, you know, if you're looking to grow your audience, you need to engage with other people. So you need to comment on other people. You need to read their posts, actually provide insightful feedback, uh, be engaged, talk, just network with other people. And then in those, in the comment feeds, that's your audience. You can just directly connect with people there it doesn't have to be only on your profile so you know it's it's really important that you uh, engage with your audience and then you know just share your story like you said it's uh we're all in this for a different reason and, and really just sharing that story with your your audience is going to go a long way and um you know one, just, one last thing i want to say it. sorry go ahead you cut out there i thought you were finished go ahead take the one last thing I do want to say about LinkedIn, um, it, surprisingly, is the personal posts do a lot better than educational posts, uh, at least from my experience and from the experience of people that I've talked to on LinkedIn. So don't be scared to tell people who you are, why you're working in cannabis, post a selfie, tell them you're going on vacation, tell them you're going to this networking event, because at the end of the day, it's a social media platform. We want to interact with you. We want to know what you're doing, what you're up to, what your lifestyle looks like. You know, post your pets, post your kids, talk about something, you know, that happened that you overcame, a challenge you overcame. Or like, for example, I just made a post we were talking about at the beginning about New Year's resolutions. Um, It doesn't have to be all, you know, text about why marketing is important or, you know, why packaging is important or complaining about the, the compliance rules in the cannabis industry or complaining about the fact that it's not federally legal. We all know this stuff is already happening and it's existing, but the posts that are going to do well and are going to impact the people that you're connected to are the personal posts. So get personal posts to your face to share, share everything, not everything, but you know, share what you can to make an impact about your life. And that's, again, something that people get kind of scared uh, by, but the more you do it, the more comfortable you'll be, and you'll be surprised by the, by the positive feedback that you get from doing that as well. Yeah, and don't worry about the production. As uh, Gary Vaynerchuk says, just just documentation. Just get that, just get it out there, whether it's um, written, audio, video. Just start to get it out there, get comfortable and practice and, and um, get that content out there. Uh, while we have a few more minutes, I wanted to leave the floor open for, um, for our attendees. Do you have any other questions that you'd like us to address? Um, before we log off here today, I'll leave it open there for everyone. Um, I then, to, sorry, uh, but in the meantime, even do you want to give a little um, little background on where people can find you, your your website, your your social tags, and everything? Yeah, for sure. So, a uh, website is bluntcreativeinc.com. Um, I could throw that in there as well. LinkedIn is my first name, Iman, last name, Abdu, A-B-D-O-U. And I'm usually posting pretty frequently on LinkedIn. Uh, You can reach me on on Instagram as well, at Blunt Iman. Um, And so that's, you know, my Instagram username is kind of um, a reflection of- You can post all these links in the chat too, if you want. Oh yeah, I'll put them in here. Okay, I'll put them in here too. So, so yeah, my link, my Instagram is a little bit different than my LinkedIn. I just be myself on there. I used to share a lot of person, or, or sorry, a lot of educational content on LinkedIn until I realized that people really just want to know what's going on in my life. So now I just talk about what's going on in my life. Um, usually, if I go visit my family or if I travel or you know if I have an opinion about something, I'll share that on Instagram over LinkedIn, and it tends to do a lot better it tends to resonate with people a lot better 
Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's where you can find me. Oh, I guess you could email me as well if you would like to get in touch. Um, so I'll put my email in the chat as well. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing all your insights. Truly appreciated uh, from me and the audience, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, anything else you'd like to add before we log off today? Um, yes. So I want to leave the audience with a message of encouragement. Social media and content creation is a long game. You will not see instant results. You will not see overnight results. You got to stick to it. You got to stay committed. You got to keep doing it every single day, even when it seems like it's not working, because eventually it will work. So don't give up when you don't see results from your social media. It doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong or you're posting the wrong content. At the end of the day, it's kind of a gamble. There's so much content out there. We can't control who sees what. Um, but if you're out there every day and you're sharing something valuable and useful, eventually you will start to see that pay off. So don't be, you know, one of those people that's like, oh, I tried it for a month and it didn't work. I'm done. Because as I said earlier, it took me eight months to really start getting traction on my LinkedIn. Uh, same with my, I think my Instagram was like four months. So my Instagram picked up a little bit more frequently, uh, more quickly, but it takes time. Regardless of what you're going to do, whether it's your personal brand, your cannabis company, it takes time. Stay committed to it. Don't measure yourself by lack of results. Don't be discouraged by lack of results. Give it your all, stay positive, and grow your cannabis brand online. Yeah, it's a marathon, so. <laughs> Definitely is. Definitely is. Yep. Well, it's not, a, it's not an easy game for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you, everyone, for taking the time to join us today. Truly appreciated. Uh, once again, my name is Guillermo Bravo with Media Gel. You can find us at MediaGel.com, or you can just search for Guillermo Bravo on LinkedIn, and you can find me there. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll be doing this every Thursday. We'll have different audience members on every Thursday. So if there's anyone that you would like to, uh, to hear from or a topic that you would like to discuss, feel free to, to, you know, direct message me and I'll be sure to uh, consider that for a next, uh, webinar. So, uh, once again, thank you. Uh, thank you, happy new year, everyone. And, uh, have a fruitful and wonderful 2022. Thank you as well, Guillermo. I really appreciate it. And, uh, thanks to all the attendees as well. I hope I was able to provide some sort of, uh, clarity on your marketing strategy and looking forward to everything that you're going to share in the future as well. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Thanks. Cheers. You as well. Yeah.